Middle June and the fifth month of the Biden presidency. The narrative on the pandemic falling apart. And don't forget, it's Pride Month in June. Well, you know, gay, gay, gay bathhouses. It's all about round the clock sex. It's all, come on, man. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And we had a good relationship with Hitler before he, in fact, invaded Europe. That he's entitled to his opinion. (laughs) I am old enough to remember a lot of bad things happening in our nation economically, in terms of strife, in terms of relationships, in terms of even being divided by war. I've seen inflation in my lifetime. I've seen gas lines in my lifetime. But I've never seen the likes of what is happening in our world and our nation today. And to say that we are finally truly flirting with disaster, I think is an understatement. I really do. We are flirting in disaster on levels that I could never have dreamed of uh, when I was younger. I can remember when I was registering for the draft. I was 18 years of old, just prior to being 18. It was in September of 1972. I was living in Ohio, and I knew that I had to register, so I did. And I also registered to vote. And we, we had seen Watergate. We knew the Vietnam War had been going on since the 60, mid-60s. And a lot of people angry. We had seen a lot of sad days. And we even saw some economic heaval, upheaval. I can remember it when I was in high school. I had to travel of all places to Canada. And back then, we had just gone through some economic turmoil of our own in the United States. We'd gone off the gold standard. We had inflationary problems, just currency problems. And and having money to take to Canada was kind of a strange little issue. Somehow we got through it. Somehow over the years, we've gotten through many things that have gone wrong in our nation and somehow live to talk about it. We survived Jimmy Carter for four years. But there are times I wonder if we can survive the four years of the Harris-Biden or Biden-Harris administration, whatever you want to call it. In my opinion, and this is all that it is, you can take it for what it's worth. I really can't speak for the generations before me. My father's generation, he went through World War II. He lived the years of the Depression. I came along in the early days of the um, Eisenhower administration, a totally different world in the 1950s, a world that feared communism, the time that built the interstate highway system. It was actually, when you think about it, not a bad time in many ways to be alive. The 60s came along and we started having some new influences in our culture. Some I think were good, many I think were bad, as I look back now. We have seen war, 
We have seen turmoil. We have seen inflation, recessions multiple times in the years that I've been alive. When I first got married and first was really getting into the beginnings of my broadcast career in a very, shall we say, proactive way, we had a recession going on in 1975, and I never really paid much attention to it because for, for some reason, even though where I was living at the time, there were some layoffs and, and, and some people struggling, it wasn't a catastrophe, and we didn't have the 24-7 news cycles that we have now to remind you of how bad things really are. More people were trying to just live their lives and not be, well, just beaten up by the news. We didn't have that news cycle. We had, what, a half hour of the evening news? Maybe some news for a few minutes on your local radio station? They didn't have to fill the time with all kinds of nonsense, all kinds of fear. I did learn one thing early in my broadcast career in doing news, the the old saying, if it bleeds, it leads, because, hey, it's what sells. But I'm really concerned about this time in which we live, more so than any other time that I can remember. Even, Even the Obama years are beginning to sound good in some ways. Don't take me wrong, but I'm saying... There's something about what is going on today that absolutely frightens me. Only way I can describe it. I am I'm terrified. We have a leader of the free world that has a difficult time stringing sentences together. I often wonder just how compromised he is politically, mentally and physically. And you have this vice president who's always looming in the background, ready to pounce and take over. And she's the one candidate that dropped out of the Democrat race early on because nobody wanted to vote for her. She is so disliked within her own party, she couldn't even acquire votes. Yet, for some of the extreme left, she was the gal they wanted in the White House because She fit all the criteria, a female of color. See, it doesn't matter about qualifications. It's all about appearances. It's all about the ideology. It's all about the optics. It's all about the photo ops. It has nothing to do with qualifications. Joe Biden, in my opinion, as many others also share, is nothing more than a figurehead. He is nothing more than a placeholder who they could push across the finish line by hook or by crook last year. And I'm hoping and I pray that the real truth, whatever it may be, I just want the real truth to come out about the 2020 election. I have a hard time in my mind believing that this man magically got more votes than anybody else in the history of voting in the United States without some, shall we say, help. I believe that Donald Trump getting more votes than he did in 2016, in 2020, 
increasing his percentages among certain minorities substantially, none of what we see makes sense unless you have people that are not qualified to vote, people that voted in more than one state, or fraudulent printed ballots that somehow ended up in boxes underneath tables that got scanned. One of the reasons I believe Democrats keep running to the courts to suppress this is because they cannot afford for the real truth to come out. Let me put it this way. If you really believe that your candidate won and you knew there was no crookedness going on, then you would be all for, at least I would hope you would be all for, finding out more. Hey, let's let's go ahead and certify this. And you could, you know, point your finger at every Republican and say, see, I told you so. We didn't cheat. But the viciousness of the fight and the remarks being made proved to me that I think too many Democrats, especially those in places of power, suspect there was fraud and cheating and they don't want to face that reality. Because what are we going to do? I've read a lot of articles about this. What do we end up doing if we find out that Biden did not win the states that he was alleged to have won and pledged members of the Electoral College were put in place that should not have been there, states certified based on fraudulent results? How are we going to cure this? Now, look, I I, I read people that say, hey, Trump will be back in August. I I don't, I'm not going to go that far. I think our government is so fouled up, it is so screwed up with a spineless Supreme Court, I'm not sure if that could happen. Only by a miracle of God could that happen. If you're expecting our government and our Supreme Court today to do the right thing about an election, you're, you're barking up the wrong tree and you're putting your hope totally in the wrong place. So what is the... Harris-Biden, Biden-Harris administration accomplished in these first five months because he took office on the 20th of January and then, of course, a lot of changes happened about how we count COVID-19 cases and later on deaths. We'll get to that in just a little bit. So what is what is uh, Joe Biden actually accomplished? Remember, he promised to you know, unite us as a nation. He's done more than any other president in my memory, in my years of voting, and even before. He's done more to divide us, not so much himself, but the people that he puts into power, the people that he has on his cabinet, people like in the Justice Department that make me realize that we no longer have any justice in the United States. We have a corrupt an evil legal system. We don't have a justice system. We have a corrupt legal system where money talks and truth is you know, is just thrown out the door. It's stepped on. It's spit on. Truth doesn't matter, especially in our federal government. Many state governments, it doesn't matter either. Truth is irrelevant. It's what is the agenda. I don't trust most judges. I don't trust most prosecutors anymore. I used to have, how do I put it? I had a respect at one time. But over the years, I've lost that respect. Most prosecutors are basically in it for themselves. 
Their win and loss record is all that counts because they want higher incomes, money, and prestige. I can remember it was in South Carolina, conservative state, back in the 90s. Early, early 90s. Maybe actually 1989. I was helping a radio station do a what they call a candidates forum where they brought in the various candidates to speak. And and I overheard a conversation with a guy who was the at the time the local district attorney or they call it there the prosecutor the solicitor having a conversation with a lawyer friend of his. And he actually said, he didn't realize anybody could hear it, but he was just another lawyer buddy. He goes, frankly, I don't care about these guys' guilt or innocence. I'm kind of concerned about my win and loss record because I hope to become a state judge. In other words, he was for sale. Yet he marketed himself as, you know, a good old boy from that town, good church-going guy, went to the right church, went to the right university, and, and, you know, we should all vote for him because he's also a former football player, you know, that scored a winning touchdown 25 or 30 years before. And I realized then for the first time that there are some very corrupt people in what is supposed to be justice. And I've not been disappointed in that newfound belief over the years. I see prosecutors cutting deals, making deals. They don't want to know about guilt or innocence. They just want to clear the deck. Do another prosecutor that never really tried cases, they just cut deals. They would say the power of the state is so immense, you can't win. Take the deal. When somebody doesn't have a whole lot of money, how do you defend yourself when the state has endless resources? So once again, I've learned that our justice system is now corrupt, and it's unfortunately corrupted not just at the federal level, but I'm seeing it oftentimes at the state and local level. Good example, New York State, you got the attorney general who ran on this idea of I'm going to get Trump, I'm going to find something wrong, I'm going to put him in jail, I'm going to prosecute him, when asked what Crime. I don't know. We'll find one. Well, that reminds me of the prosecutor for for Joseph Stalin, who once said, show me the man, I'll show you the crime. They can make it up. And, and this is the kind of evil woman that is now the witch. And I call her that legitimately. The witch in charge who needs to be witch hunted herself in New York State. But that's what you get from the left. You get evil-hearted, evil-minded, double-minded people. Merritt Garland, placed in office by Joe Biden. Actually, whoever Joe Biden was told to put in office, his handlers chose, chose him. I don't think that Joe Biden actually really does anything or make any decisions. I think, I think that Kamala Harris does and those that served Barack Obama are really the ones in charge of this very corrupt White House. We'll get to that in a few minutes. But we have a corrupt justice system. We have an inept president in office. I don't care what any of the media, they prop him up. They prop him up. And you have to wonder, what does the world have on Joe Biden? His son, Hunter. 
<laughs> I'm sure they do. And probably Joe himself, if the real truth got out, could be facing a lifetime or remainder of his lifetime in jail for the things that he's done. I, I am more and more convinced of it every day. Our justice system is corrupt. If real justice was there, there are hundreds of people in D.C. that should be spending the rest of their natural lives in prison. But it's not going to happen because the system is corrupt. So what has Joe Biden accomplished? What has the Biden-Harris, Harris-Biden administration accomplished since the 20th, the 20th of, uh, of January? I mean, tomorrow, in essence, on Wednesday, it, it marks, hey, we've just completed five full months of, of the Biden-Harris-Harris-Biden administration. We've seen energy prices skyrocket, food prices going up. People don't want to work anymore. I went to a place and they, you know, I was going to, we were going to get, I think I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago. My wife and I, we had errands to do. We were away from home, needed to get a little bite to eat, went to a fast food place and the dining room was closed, not because of COVID, but because nobody wants to work anymore because the federal government that keeps printing more money is giving these people an extra $300 on top of their already uh, state-provided unemployment. Who wants to get up and go to work when you're making $450, $500 a week to stay home? They're not going to come back until they absolutely have to. Then you have the idea of raising the minimum wage. <laughs> That's why McDonald's and others are experimenting. Well, you've seen them in a lot of places already. The little kiosk that has the pictures. I want this hamburger. I want this fries. Put in your, your debit card or your cash or whatever the case may be. Then go to the counter with your little number slip. They're now experimenting. You ready for this? Maybe it'll work better. An automated drive-through window that's kind of like these Alexa devices or or Siri on the on the phones where they have voice recognition. And they're saying that they're getting orders about 85% correct on the 10 pilot programs being run in Chicago. Which, honestly, from my experience, is probably a lot higher percentage than I've normally gotten at a drive-through window uh, talking to the little squawk box. So there's going to be a lot of jobs that used to be there disappearing because it's going to be cheaper to maintain these high-tech innovations than people that simply do not want to work or give a full effort anymore. We have destabilized the Middle East. And we keep driving the value of our currency down with these trillions, with a T dollars that they keep borrowing more of and many of much of it unnecessarily. We are going to take those that are retired like me and they're going to decimate the savings that we have. And by the time I get to my later 70s, all the well laid plans of being ahead of the game in inflation and all of it will probably be wiped out if we if we last that long. Yep, the Kamala disastrous Biden administration, Kamala Harris and Joe Biden, they're pawns. 
They're pawns for some very serious and dangerous international players. You know it, and I know it. And if we survive this, if we survive this for two years or less to get us to the midterm election, to, to, to make it till another three years to 2024, it'll be only by the grace of God. Because we as a nation do not earn, we haven't deserved God's blessings upon us in a long time. And I'll be talking about that as well. This is Truth to Ponder. I'm your host, Bob Bierman. I want to remind you that this radio program and podcast is now also heard on free-to-air satellite Galaxy 19. We may be changing the schedule on Galaxy 19 a little bit. If you do the free-to-air satellite, would you let me know? And and to hear the program, I'm trying to think of when to air it. We can air it as early as around 1 o'clock in the afternoon. It's normally ready by no later than noon, sometimes 1 p.m. And then maybe air it later in the afternoon, early evening, and even overnight. We're, that's what we're trying to do right now. So for those that listen via the satellite channel, which also features a variety of Christian music, and will hopefully, God willing, be including some other programs that can help you in your day-to-day walk as well. And so that's Galaxy 19 via Glory Star. You can find out more at our website, truththenumber2ponder.com, truththenumber2ponder.com. Several people I've been talking about and asking for some help on things. And right now we're traveling, so it's a little bit difficult to get back instantly sometimes. But just please bear with us as we we really do want to answer all the inquiries that you may have. Some people have said I can help with the audio editing. Others may be able to help with the web page. I'm looking at a company that might be a better solution because, frankly, between doing the radio show and other ministry work, I'm just not having the time to really develop an attractive and functional website. I used to be able to do that years ago, but you really have to have the time and and the ability and everything to do it. And so the website, I think, needs a lot of help. I know someday the tech tyrants will begin to close the noose a little tighter, making it a lot harder. A lot of places are facing that right now. But as long as the door and the window, whatever, is open, as long as the opportunity is there, we'll keep it out as a podcast. We will keep it out on the web. We will let people know that it's there. But we will continue to develop alternative methods, even if they're web-based, and use shortwave and satellite to keep the program and the message, the good news of Jesus Christ going out on the air. It's something that we absolutely have to do. And I believe our time in this world is, is getting shorter and shorter as we're coming to a day of judgment. Now, I have some things that I want to share. I may not get to them in this half hour, but you know, people talk about could all this stuff with vaccines and the government be the mark of the beast? And, and I want to get into that just a little bit, and I'll talk about it even more this week. There's a lot of talk out there, a lot of concern, and I understand it. I really do. As I said, in my lifetime, 
I've never seen the likes of this. And, and let me explain why I feel this way and so strongly. It's not a matter. It's simply no longer a matter for me uh, to say that we're a divided nation. We are divided to a point of violence at a level of angst and anxiety and anger that I've never seen before. I can remember, like I say, my, my first time voting, 19... 1972, I was attending an electronic school in Ohio, and we had students there, young like myself, and some that were older, some coming out of the military, going on a GI Bill. And I really don't remember any conversation in the break room, lunchroom area. I never really saw or paid attention to people that may have had bumper stickers for political candidates on their car. I'm sure there was, but I just didn't pay attention. And nobody was getting into arguments over, uh, are you going to vote for Nixon? Are you going to vote for McGovern? I didn't see violence breaking out. I didn't see graffiti on people's homes. I didn't see cars with a Nixon bumper sticker being keyed and scratched or damaged. I didn't see that in 1976 i didn't see it in 1980 i didn't see it in 1984 don't think i even saw it in 1988 but somewhere along the way somewhere along the way in the 1990s the anger level began to be pushed up the 24 hour news cycle didn't help talking heads didn't help the abortion issue the Moloch worshipers that push abortion so hard will will use a baseball bat to make you comply to their demands and wishes. Or they'll find a way now, the new term is they're going to deplatform you and we are going to cancel you. Cancel culture out there is extremely dangerous. And it also seems to side with celebrating sinfulness. The more sin that is promoted and celebrated and those that speak against it are the ones that this group, these demonically possessed people want to cancel. And we'll talk about that too in the program today. A lot going on. Here we are coming into the, we're in the middle of the month of June, the middle of Pride Month. We'll talk about that too. There's some things that you need to understand and things that I'm seeing in the corporate world and otherwise that you've noticed too. We, we live in a very, very strange time. The Bible says that it'll be like the days of Noah. And the days of Noah were, were, are very, when you look at the things that people were doing and why God had to do what he did. Yeah, I think that we have definitely Uh, broached that time again coming into the days of Noah. There's a lot I want to share. Going to talk about some pandemic news and uh, some pride news and a few other things on the other side. Quickly, before we go to the break, I want to thank all of you that listen each and every day. Some days I just feel the program is just not hitting on all eight cylinders, as we said back in our day. And, And pray 
pray for me because these these days right now on the road, it's making it hard to do the program. I feel that I'm, I'm shortchanging you at times, and I'm trying to do the best that I can. And I'm realizing more and more that I, I'll need more and more help as the days and weeks progress. Even after the summertime is over and we have a little time to be in the mountains uh, where it's a little quieter to get the show done, and we have to be back, by the way, for <laughs> jury duty, Do you think the judge in any case wants to hear my opinion of our legal system in America today? I doubt that he'll want me around for much longer in his court. But it is what it is, and we will do what we have to do. But keep us in prayer. Our nation is in desperate need of prayer. No matter how evil our rulers become, the Bible still demands of us that we pray for our leaders. I pray for wisdom for our leaders, and I pray that they come to truly know the Lord Jesus Christ. I am tired of the cultural Christians. We'll talk about them too when we come back after our break. If you're a believer in this ministry, you can contact us through the website truththenumber2ponder.com, truththenumber2ponder.com. And our mailing address, if you rather use regular mail now, it's taking a few extra days to get to me uh, during this time that that we are traveling. So just bear that in mind, that we will get to those letters when they get to us, have somebody that is retrieving them and making sure they get to us wherever we may be uh, during these weeks in Florida. It was just safer, faster than than relying on the post office forwarding. And so we, we decided to do it that way for now. Eventually, we'll try to get a permanent address that can be used year-round and that'll always have a way to get the mail to us quicker, just so you know. And I keep that as a matter of prayer as well. Our mailing address in Georgia, we'll be keeping that probably between now and the end of the year, is 21 Berkshire, B-E-R-K-S-H-I-R-E, 21 Berkshire Lane. Add the number 263, that is our very secure box, number 263, in Sky Valley, two words, Sky Valley, Georgia, and the zip code is 30537. That's 21 Berkshire, B-E-R-K-S-H-I-R-E, 21 Berkshire Lane, number 263, in Sky Valley, Georgia, zip code 30537. And we shall return. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Beerman. Angel words in a moment. Shalom Aleichem. This is the nice Jewish boy, Jonathan Kahn, your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment. Now imagine if an angel appeared in your house, radiant with glory, and said to you, so uh, some weather we're having, huh? Me, I can't take the heat. It's not so much the heat, it's the humidity. Um, so uh, how about the Yankees? Think they're going to get it this year? At that point, you'd probably end your silence. You'd say, excuse me, you're an angel. That's right. Aren't you supposed to have some sort of message for me? Nope. Nope. Aren't you on assignment? Nope. Then what are you doing in my house? Well, I'm on break. I figured if you weren't doing anything, we'd hang out, make a little conversation. Now, you know that this would never happen. And the reason is, if you look through the Bible, you find that angels never waste words. When it comes to words and communications, angels are very efficient. Angels don't waste words. They don't talk idle talk. They don't gossip. They don't complain. Angel talk is always pure and for the purpose of life. Now, in Hebrew, the word angel is malach. Malach not only means heavenly angel, but also an earthly one as well. You see, it's also the word that means messenger. 
And if you're born again, then you are on earth as God's messenger, his malach, his earth angel. Therefore, you have to watch the words that come out of your mouth. No gossip, no slander, no complaining, no negative or impure talk has any place coming out of God's messenger, out of his mouth or her mouth. And no idle talk either. Everything you say must be for life and to build up and for the gospel. So go out today, my friend, and learn the blessing and joy of being God's messenger on earth and the honor of talking angel talk. Want more? Ask for the secret king. Now the free gift for you. The mystery hidden for 2,000 years in the sands of Israel, better than Raiders of the Lost Ark, and it's real. The mystery of the temple doors, you'll love it. And sapphires, your daily spiritual vitamin supply for victorious life in God. So how can you get all these free gifts? Easy. Just remember Jesus' real Hebrew name, Yeshua, and dial it. Just dial 1-800-YESHUA-1. You'll be so blessed, but call now, 1-800-YESHUA-1. I invite you to minister with me and bring the good news back to the people who gave it to you, Israel and the unreached peoples of every tribe and tongue on five continents. You'll be very blessed. Just call 1-800-YESHUA-1. That's 1-800-YESHUA-1. Or write me direct, the nice Jewish boy at box 1111 in Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, zip, 07644. It's a nice Jewish boy. Box 1111 Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. Till next time, this is Jonathan Kahn saying Shalom Aleichem. Peace be to you, my friend, in Messiah Ravinu, our teacher. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome back to part two of Truth to Ponder. I'm your host, Bob Bierman. I want to share a story here. Actually, I really don't want to share it, but I feel I need to share it. If you haven't noticed, if you haven't, uh, if you've kind of turned the TV set off and hadn't looked at any newspapers or anything online, you might never know that June, that used to be uh, the big month for weddings back in the day when I was growing up, June is now Pride Month. We don't celebrate anything the old-fashioned way anymore. We celebrate Pride Month. This is when homosexuality is paraded and, and we're tried to be forced to believe that it's totally normal. And any criticism thereof is just evil and what have you. Ever since 2015, which is about six years ago, when during the Obama years we had the White House lit up like a rainbow, we suddenly realized we had hit a major tipping point. If you go back to decades ago, those in the same-sex homosexual community, all they ever asked was just, just tolerate us, let us live in peace in our own way. And, you know, you won't have to deal with us on a day-to-day basis. And, and that whole idea of tolerance became, well, now you need to accept us. We are who we are, so you, you must at least accept us. And a lot of nice and decent people did. Okay, fine, I don't agree. But, you know, we're not going to throw you out, so to speak, of of the mainstream of our world. You can run for political office. No one's going to 
keep you from getting a job. And then it moved from acceptance to you must embrace it. You must celebrate it. You must participate in it. You must believe in it. Because if you don't, you're just a bigot. You're a homophobe. You're all kinds of names we will call you. And if you don't agree with what we are telling you, well, we will cancel you off social media. We will make you a pariah, unemployable by many corporations. And so Pride Month now has all these big corporations with their rainbow symbols, making a mockery of the biblical rainbow. That's what they're doing. They're making a total mockery of the biblical rainbow and demanding that you and I and our children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren celebrate with them Pride Month. And it's almost like recruiting. And it seems that along with all of this comes another aspect that is equally as insidious, and they seem to go... Uh, pardon me for putting it this way, hand in hand. The Drag Queen Story Hour. You've heard of that one. We've got a story here in front of me about the Drag Queen Story Hour that has been at many a public library prior to the pandemic. There's something that just seems inherently wrong with it, and I'm just worried about the kind of parents that would dare send their children to it. We have hit a tipping point in this country, which, which I don't think there's ever going to be a legitimate return. Even churches, or what call themselves churches, are jumping into the drag queen story hour and other strange issues that are anti-scriptural, but now you must believe in these things. So have you not? if you've not been following, let me kind of update you on this phenomena of the Drag Queen Story Hour. It's been plaguing our sane society and libraries for several years, as I mentioned. And the sick mentality of those who cross-dress and demand access now to our children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren. But it's no longer, it's no longer limited to public libraries. New York State, in an area of New York State that kind of surprises me. It's not like it's in the city of New York or maybe Westchester County or some place in Nassau County, Long Island. No, we have, we have a church in, of all places, the southern tier of upstate New York, which will be hosting this event. It's called the Park Church in Elmira, New York. That's the Park Church in Elmira, New York. Will be defiling their sanctuary as it if it needed anything else more blasphemous considering what they claim to be. They're going to have Are you ready for this? Today, if you're depending what time of the day you're listening, at 6 p.m. Eastern Time today, and now by the time some of you listen tonight to this program on shortwave, this abomination of a sanctuary will have already occurred. The event sponsored by the Shimung County Public Library, a taxpayer-funded entity, I might remind you, will be indoctrinating those children 
coming to that building with this immoral kind of lifestyle of men dressed as women in drag, reading all kind of stories. Now, let me tell you about the Park Church in Elmira. I'd never heard of it until this story. I have been over the years, but it's been 30, 40 years since I've been in Elmira or or Corning or Ithaca, that region of the Southern Tier. I used to spend some time there. A few times went down in my high school years to a place called Lovin, which wasn't too far from there, which was actually a Christian place. Now, see, Park Church is a Presbyterian church that bills themselves, sells themselves as an open and affirming congregation. They also, on their website, because I looked it up, I'm not taking anybody else's word for this, they are a climate justice congregation. Let me say that again. They are a climate justice, open and affirming congregation. In other words, they are far more concerned about worshiping the earth, worshiping the creation, not the creator, and celebrating all kinds of strange sexuality. That seems to be their claim to fame. Looking for a clear-cut message of the gospel of Jesus Christ as revealed in scripture and in tradition and by the apostles cannot be found on their website at all. Anything that remotely looks like the plan of salvation, Jesus' virgin birth, his death and his resurrection, his ascension into heaven, and his coming again as our king, you don't find that on their website. Good Lord, you can't have that on a Presbyterian church website anymore. At least Park Church in Elmira can't have that on their website anymore. I know there's some faithful Presbyterians out there. I've known many in my lifetime. Primarily, I guess, is the PCA. But in the PCUSA, all bets are, you know, seem to be off. On their website, they had something else that I found rather, rather interesting. They, they, they claim to have come into existence in 1846 strictly over the issue of slavery. Now, I want you to stop and think. Let's, let's get our minds clear, take out the rhetoric, understand that our education system has become worthless and doesn't really teach history. It teaches bits and pieces of history and then doesn't even do that accurately anymore. 1846, upstate New York, there was never any slavery issues there. There were no plantations in upstate New York. I doubt prior to 1846 that most people in Elmira, New York ever saw a person with dark black skin. Now, I do know that as we got closer to the Civil War, that Elmira was one of numerous little stops hidden away for what was called the Underground Railroad. I get that. But I can't see a church forming or breaking away from another Presbyterian church over that particular issue, at least not in 1846. And they try to say that that energy of social justice has been with the congregation and everything they've done over the years. Like I say, it, there seems to be a little bit of, shall we say, the reinventing of history, which is common among leftists to rewrite history. That is the only way they can do it. 
And I also noticed on their website, they're one of those churches that have a total fear of COVID-19. And the Jesus they serve is powerless against this illness. They remind me with all that I read, Matthew 23, 28. In the same way, on the outside, you appear to be righteous, but on the inside, you're full of hypocrisy and wickedness. And this church, or so-called church, church means the living body of Christ. Obviously, they're a dead piece of somebody, but it's not Christ. Park Church, an abomination, a totally culturally Christian church, American style, celebrating sin. Terrible. Just terrible. And this is what's passing off as a church. Listen, we have a cultural Christianity problem in the United States, and I'm going to get really deep into this a bit tomorrow and again on the Thursday program. Then in Massachusetts, I ran across this story real quick. A state senator from the state senate in Massachusetts, uh, he's trying to legitimize Hamas, the Palestinian terror organization, and and wants to see Israel replaced by some, quote, democracy uh, where their government is gone. It's no longer Israel. And, you know, he just wants to see Hamas in charge. In a statement he posted on his website, Jamie Eldridge, a Democrat, who serves the Middlesex and Worcester District, commented about the 11-day conflict between Israel and Hamas, urging a much-needed dialogue on this consequential conflict. He goes, against the backdrop of hundreds of lives lost, I hope that people can engage. You know, they need to have a whole new government. Let's just let everybody, let's just become a pure democracy. He doesn't ever mention the 4,000 unprovoked rockets that killed people in Israel, launched by Hamas, unprovoked. Eldridge is obviously anti-Semitic, and I'm seeing that even among some so-called Christians. They're becoming some anti-Semitic. For many, it's alarming that a member of the Massachusetts State Senate would elevate Hamas as a legitimate actor in that. But we're seeing in the United States and even the European Union, more and more people siding with Hamas, looking the terror that has been around for quite a long time in in that part of the world. We live in a very strange time. There's no doubt about it. Celebrating Pride Month, wanting to elevate those that want to see the destruction of God's people, Israel. Listen, I know there are some ministries that I'm familiar with that are also very anti-Israel, and they believe that somehow God broke his promise and can be a promise breaker to Israel and still be a God that does not lie and be very cautious of those ministries. Well, I really want to get into that this week. COVID-19, we all have dealt with it this past year. And the response of our American government and our media is revealing a lot about our society and ourselves when it comes to COVID-19. It showed us how quickly our world can change, how much we can take our own rights for granted, and how much or how little we value the truth. COVID-19 was even the first 
Now, I think that Joe Biden, when he first got into the White House, talked about COVID-19 and and how countless Americans lost their jobs, businesses, homes, or lives, and, and how the school closures have set children back, graduations, weddings, reunions were canceled. And he portrayed everybody as a victim of COVID, when in reality, they were the victims of a government-imposed lockdown. He then stated that if Americans would obey the, the newest batch of restrictions that he had come up with, we, we might even... We might even be able to have a hot dog or a little barbecue with one or two of our friends keeping social distance, of course, in a limited time in our backyards by, ironically, what, about two weeks or so from now, two and a half weeks from now, uh, you know, Independence Day. Intentionally or not, the fact that the government's gigantic oppressive cure has been worse than disease, but, but nobody wants to talk about that. Everybody on the left side of the spectrum, the CNN people, you know, all those, they, they, they have used this cause to steal an election, change the results, lie through their teeth. We, we now know beyond the shadow of any even reasonable doubt that Dr. Fauci is a flat-out liar. He's probably, as I have said, almost for a year, at least since eh, May of last year. April, May, June of last year, I already was sharing on the weekend show by the end of April that this virus came from China, but not from a bat, that it came most likely either by accident or design out of a level four virus lab in Wuhan, China. We knew that. It was blatantly obvious, yet the lie was perpetuated by Dr. Fauci, who's trying to cover his criminal activity, in my opinion, and others. We've had a lot of this strange, feel-good advertising trying to get us to get vaccinated. You know, everybody, get the shot. You know, then you can go to a ball game and get your life back. A lot of shaming, a lot of advertising, a lot of fear-mongering, and it's marked by the same propaganda and deceit and lies and the same same techniques that were used to to engage in lockdowns and and destroying businesses government officials count anybody who died within weeks of having anything that even looked like a positive test as a covid death now we we've learned and we talked about it way back last summer and it's becoming increasingly obvious to more people that there was statistical manipulation and even a fraudulent testing strategy. That whole scandal, in my opinion, is beginning to unravel. And a lot of this testing fraud has been revealed. You know, the infection numbers have been coming down. Have you noticed that? Well, that's because they finally are getting testing that might actually be slightly more realistic, but it's even worse. Now, as the infection has become endemic in most parts of the world, and they're trying to prop up the idea of the vaccination drive, the authorities are giving data that is once again fake, by revising the test recommendations again and again and again. 
Now, if you go back to the early days, if you go back to the early days of the pandemic, we had the CDC recommending what's called a cycle threshold on a test that was like over 40. And yet everybody would tell you from any published literature prior to 2020 that anything above 35 can give a incredibly high false positive rate. In turn, actually, it could be as high as 90-some-hot percent false positive. In short, by using this fraudulently high cycle threshold above 35, it created a false positive in healthy people that were deemed to be stricken. And and so we're hearing, oh, we have so many cases, so many cases in a county. Lock it down, lock it down, shut down the schools. And then they added this other fallacy of asymptomatic carriers who are responsible for the spread of this virus. Wear your face mask. Your, your mask protects me and mine protects you. Yet all of that turned out to be fake and phony. As the studies are sneaking out and leaking out, we find out that a mask provides a virtual zero protection in either direction. In other words, even the six-foot distancing was some crazy idea picked up from a theory a child had and was picked up by the Department of Homeland Security early in the 1990s. There's no scientific basis for the six feet apart. I've told you before, I flew on some airliners. So we had to stand six feet apart, face mask in place to get on the plane, but then we're shoulder to shoulder with people we don't know. Ridiculous. And now suddenly, we went from... 40 cycle thresholds to 35, and now we're down to 28 and even lower today. Remember, before Trump was elected, before Biden was inaugurated, the cycle threshold was kept high to keep the case numbers high. Then very quietly, on the day that Joe Biden is inaugurated, that threshold dropped, and it's been dropped again. But it's going to get even worse, I'm going to tell you in a second, from 40 to 28. That means that means the sensitivity of the test has been reduced by a factor of 4,000. 4,000. 4,000. Which means fewer positive tests. But even with that, we're still getting some breakthrough um, cases with vaccinated people. In other words, vaccinated people are contracting the illness, even with the lower cycles. Now, had the cycle threshold of 28, let me think about this for a second, but used all the long. We would never have had anywhere near the number of cases that were touted all during this past year. And the pandemic would have been declared over sometime in 2020. But we kept, and we were, and by the way, if we were using the same threshold today to diagnose these so-called breakthrough cases, you would see a number way higher. They're now trying to manipulate the numbers again. And here's something very, very strange. And if you look at the data, this is where it's important. The CDC has new policies in place which will effectively give us a two-tiered system. 
from now on, unvaccinated people will find it much easier to be diagnosed with COVID-19 than anybody that's vaccinated. Let me tell you why. Let's say you've not been vaccinated like me, and somehow we test positive or I test positive using a PCR test at a higher cycle despite having no symptoms, I'll be officially a COVID case. But if you have been vaccinated, they only test at the 28 cycle threshold, not the 40. Even if you spent six weeks in bed with a high fever, you're still not going to be a COVID-19 patient. And a third person who's also vaccinated, if they die, well, it wasn't from the vaccine and it wasn't from COVID-19. It had to be something else. So they'll never be counted as a COVID case. The whole thing is a fraud. This all started at the end of April. The CDC already had a report of, you know, 10,000 reported vaccine breakthrough infections. They kept trying to say, well, that's just rare. It's not really going to happen. Now that these phony vaccines are out, COVID-19 will only be listed as the cause of death if the patient actually died from an active case of COVID-19 and nothing else. Which means that the cases we had in the United States where people were counted as COVID that died of gunshot wounds can't happen in reverse. In other words, there'll be two separate ways to count a COVID death if you were vaccinated or if you were not vaccinated with this concoction. And we'll talk about that too. Maybe tomorrow we'll tell you a little bit more about how these numbers are being manipulated, some strange things going on in other places. But you know, even in the midst of all this, there is at times a message of hope. I know the day is coming that Jesus will return to reclaim his children. The sky will break open and he will come again. No doubt in my mind about it. I know some people are afraid of things like the mark of the beast, and I can understand it. We need to get into that a little bit. And I I don't, number one, if you know Jesus Christ as your savior, you have no reason, none, to live in fear. God is not going to accidentally allow you to somehow be tricked into taking a mark. We'll get into that. I've, I've really been praying about this. I don't want you to be deceived. I don't want you to be put into fear about anything. But there's a lot we need to learn together. I believe something could happen. This could be a time of great tribulation coming soon. No doubt in my mind about it. But I also believe that we may, if we keep praying, see some real honesty, integrity, and the truth come out. We might get a slight reprieve for a while, but we have to get the truth out there to make that happen. Do you believe in the ministry of truth to ponder? The whole idea of just sharing the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ and and the hope. If you do, would you consider giving us some support to keep it on the air? Our address, 21 Berkshire, B-E-R-K-S-H-I-R-E, 21 Berkshire Lane, number 263. That's number 263 in Sky Valley, two words, Sky Valley, Georgia. And our zip code in Sky Valley is 30537. We'll see you tomorrow. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's truth, the number two, 
ponder.com. Truth to Ponder. Shining the light of truth in a darkening world.